Welcome to To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week, join Eric Trexler and Rachel Lyon to explore the latest in global cybersecurity news, trending topics, and industry transformation initiatives impacting governments, enterprises, and our way of life. Now, let's get to the point. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of To The Point Podcast. I'm Rachel Lyon here with my co-host, Eric Trexler. Top of the morning to you, Eric. Good morning, Rachel. Very excited to be here today again. Absolutely. Now, I saw a picture of you in a tux over the weekend. Might I ask what you were up to? Looking I was so at dapper? the William Oliver Baker Awards over the weekend for uh, the uh, for INSA, the uh, Intelligence National Security Association, I believe, for mm-hmm. for intelligence professionals. And I saw the Honorable Sue Gordon, who is phenomenal and exited her uh, government career just a little too early, in my opinion, receive an award. And, and she was oh, wow. she was amazing. Her speech, her acceptance speech was uh, teary. Interior-eyed, um, emotional, passionate, mm-hmm. and and loving, and and you know g- it gave guidance all at the same time. So it was great. Oh, that's wonderful! Sounds like a good yeah. time. I didn't get an invite, but I'm I'm glad you had a good time. So <laughs> I did. <laughs> Excited to have joining us in conversation today. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Sadaka Ramakrishna. He is president and CEO of SolarWinds. Sadaka, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Rachel. Happy to be here. Wonderful. Well, Eric, do you want to start us off this week? No, go ahead, Rachel. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, I, I have to say I, I've been reading some interviews with you and I and they've been wonderful. And congratulations. I, I saw you on the Time Leadership Brief every Sunday. I, I look forward to getting that email. Um, and, you know, one of the the great things that I, I, I love that you were talking about was this idea of community vigil. Um, you know, so much in security, and, and I, I'm sure you can, you know, kind of speak to this from the last year as well as we get into the conversation, but um, I, I really love this notion of, of community and sharing, um, and I would, I would love to kind of hear more how you kind of came up with this and, and, and how, um, how it's been going. <laughs> uh, uh, great uh, question, um, Rachel. I'll not say that uh, there was a lot of thought put into coming up with the phrase community vigil, but being part of the security community for a long time, security software community for a long time, I have always felt that it is the obligation of us as vendors, suppliers, researchers to share as much as we can amongst ourselves. Uh, Because at the end of the day, we are a small community. And I go back to the basics, which is our job in life is to protect our customers' environments and our trust that customers have placed in us. So to do that effectively, yes, on one hand, we compete against one another to provide a better value to our customers. But on the other hand, we live in an ecosystem that customers depend on many of us to get their jobs done. And so it is important for us to collaborate. And that's how I thought community vigil is important. And in this particular case, community includes the government, public sector, and other authorities as well. So, Sudhakar, I'm going to take Rachel's offer and take us way back to the actual incident that oh, I think. Oh, okay. We're all, you're going to you're going to lead you know, off with that. Okay. Famous because I, I just have so many questions. Um, you know, you you take the job on. I think you accept you accept the position on the 9th of December, 
having no idea on the December, what was it, the 13th or the 14th, I think the 13th, FireEye comes out with a report about solar winds. But before we get there, so many people call it the solar winds attack. I think that's a really bad name for it. Yes. You know, we've heard of sunburst and everything else. What, what do you call it? How do you refer to it? We call it sunburst, Eric, and I think that is the right connotation. Yeah. Again, going back to the security industry's uh, norms, uh, breaches are named generically. I mean, you, you right. dub it with either the source or some generic name. Uh, unfortunately, I would say this was named the Solovins uh, breach or the Solovins attack or whatever. Uh, while we have done our very best to reset some of those, call it misplaced perceptions, we took upon ourselves the first obligation is to make sure that uh, our customers are protected, our partners are un uh, understanding of the situation, and we learn something from this and we start working towards it. So if I look at some companies, they might have done way too much. And if I were to think about the lessons learned aspect of it, way too much in terms of drowning out that aspect of the, the press. Uh, and so if you think about it as you have limited resources, where do you put your energies? Mm. We chose to put those energies with customers, partners, employees, uh, and unfortunately, we did um, have the mistag, if I can use that term, uh, associated with us. But I do believe that our consistent efforts have been paying off uh, with customers and with the broader industry understanding that it's not a one company issue, especially when a potential foreign uh, nation is involved in an attack like this. And as you also know, Eric and Rachel, more and more vendors have come out since we announced about their own attacks. And some could argue that those attacks were bigger and more significant than others. Well, exactly, uh, including Microsoft. I mean, yes, including Microsoft. Including Microsoft. much bigger than that. Exactly. Okay, so However, we'll call it Sunburst from here on out on the show and in our, appreciate in our that. work. I, I um, think that's the right, right terminology. And, and, uh, and even Microsoft um, has reset uh, some of its blogs um, and termed it Nobelium um, as the yeah. as a threat actor and so on. Um, and I would say that's a recognition on their part that it's broader than ours. But it's unfortunate that uh, some people misused it and maybe have used it for their advantage as well. But that's kind of not the main point of our discussion today. Well, no, but we will we we will. Correct, because we've called it everything but solar winds on the show. But there are probably five to ten different names out there about the right. same exact attack or or different components. So let me let me. I'd love to take you back because I, I read the Time Times article. I'm a father of boys myself. You, I think it was December 9th when you accepted the position after selling your prior company. Correct. Yes. Uh, obviously, December 9th was the day it was announced. So I technically would have verbally said yes yeah. uh, a few days, if not of several days before that. Yes. So you have that. you have conversations with at least your family. Hey, I'm 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 going to pick you know become the CEO of Solar Winds. I imagine there's excitement, there's energy there. You're starting to to ramp down what you were doing before. You're ramping up in your mind. You know, Solar Winds, getting your your mind around that. This is where I'm going to take this company. I've got a lot to learn. 
about them, but exciting endeavors ahead. Absolutely. I believe I finished my previous assignment on December 1st, and then a few days later, I accepted this. Um, So So you get a little more than a week. Then what what is it? Is it a phone call? Do you do you learn from FireEyes blog? I mean, how does that work? You're not even an employee yet. No, I'm not an employee. Uh, I learned about this on a phone call on December 12th. Uh, let's call it around 11.30 p.m. Central, 9.30 Pacific, uh, from our current uh, chief administrative officer who was a legal counsel of the business, Jason Bliss. I bet you had nightmares that night. I know I would have. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, to be honest, at that point, he did not really know a lot of the detail. Yeah. He simply okay. said, hey, okay. this could have happened. And so I took it in stride in the following way. Mm-hmm. Um, being part of the community, we are all not immune to or unaware of security breaches. So right. Right. at that point, you are j- starting to process what may have happened what could be the remedy and remediation, right? So I was just mostly extrapolating without knowing a lot of detail. And it was not until a day, day and a half before I started understanding the detail behind it. Okay, so the information's flooding in. You're, you're learning more and more. We have a problem here that you're obviously going to become a crisis CEO in the near term. In fact, you don't even start, I think, until the 4th of January. No. Yes. That was the fascinating um, part. I, I, I feel like if I were the board of, of SolarWinds, I would have said, we probably need to move that start date up a little bit. So we need some help right now. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll give you an email address too, so we could get started. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes that, and you that, need a PR person like Rachel to help you out a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure Rachel is a fantastic PR person, but we also have a good is. PR team um, at, uh, at SolarWinds. Definitely. So you're absolutely right, Eric. Um, it was, the way I would describe it is, um, from the date was announced, that was the 9th, all the way till the 14th. All I received were, congratulations, Solovance is a fantastic company. You'll great. do great, this, that, mm-hmm. another thing. And I it is. Say, starting, yes, yeah. it, it still Absolutely. is. And it, yeah. it'll yes. continue. It is and was. Yes. Yes, is, was, and will be, right? And starting on the 14th, all I received were commiserations saying, what have you gotten into? <laughs> right? So congratulations turned to, into commiserations. Um but uh, coming to the board, there were a few important conversations I had with the with the board. Uh, one was with my chairman uh, because I am I'm a believer in continuity when something like this happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was with my chairman suggesting that look, while we are excited, I'm excited, you're excited, and everybody's excited. If you want continuity of leadership in the moment mm-hmm. of crisis, I'm perfectly fine either um, delaying my start significantly or not starting at all if you want to move forward. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that obviously was uh, a thing that I felt strongly that I had to propose to the, to the company. Again, going back to what are, what's important here is not me or any one person. What's important is the situation at hand, the customers mm-hmm. and the employees, most importantly. Uh, so that was kind of one uh, important conversation. Uh, the other conversation to your point about getting an email and such was 
the board knew about my background of dealing with security and security issues. Yes. And so they did ask me to start helping earlier. And so the way it happened was by m- me joining the board uh-huh. earlier than joining as CEO, mm-hmm. I was able to get the daily briefings and start contributing to the team. And, and you're, so you're learning information actions. about what's happening. Wow. And is there a CEO at this time or he or she had, had departed? No, the outgoing CEO, uh, Kevin Thompson, was the CEO till December 31st. Okay. Okay. Got it. So how do you, and in the Times article, it talks about your two sons. Yes. And it talks about, you know, you speaking with them. And I think your younger son, you know, talks about, you know, a lesson or lessons you shared with them while you were raising them. I, I'd love to get a little more as a father of three boys, like yes. how... How do you handle that conversation? You've got one of the biggest cybersecurity crisis crises underway right now, and, and you're a central role figure in this. How do you have that conversation, and where do you go? Absolutely. I mean, they are reading from newspapers and the web themselves, right? I'm not really sharing much, and I don't tend to share too much about what goes on at work with uh, my wife or my kids. Um, but talking to them about career options is something that I've always done. So before I joined Pulse Secure, for instance, I did talk to them about it because it's a, a what we do impacts them. Right. And, and therefore, it's important to take their point of view as well. Not that you will make a decision solely based on their point of view, but it's important for them to be involved. I, I, on a different day, I can go into the discussion that I had with them before I took Pulse amongst other options as well, and the considerations that led to it. Uh, but coming here, um, the reason why it was a more important discussion is uh, right or wrong, my, uh, my boys have always said, enough with corporate life, go and teach. Um, yes. they're, they're both uh, nationally ranked debaters and they like <laughs> to get into academia and help the community, that kind of mindset. Like many yes. young children and young uh, people are these days. But they um, also so know how then if they're de- if they're nationally ranked debaters, they know how to take an argument and, and uh, tear it apart from uh, both sides and right, really absolutely. analytically get to a resolution, which yes. is probably helpful for you. Uh, definitely. Most definitely. Okay. And so as we went through that conversation, I just basically said, this is where we are. This is what's going on. So it wasn't like a hours and hours of debating or anything like that. Many of these discussions, as you know, are simple in the sense that my family's always said, my wife and kids, if you want to do something, go for it, has always been the attitude. That gives me a very strong foundation Yes. Um, in some ways to do what I need to do and obviously what I want to do. There's not that conflict. Right. Um, and it is important to hear everyone's perspective and make make that choice. Um, it was a fairly um, short conversation, but it was a very important conversation. And my, as I described in the, in the Times interview, uh, my older son used that as another opportunity to reinforce why I shouldn't deal with corporate life and go teach or, or go do something <laughs> from, the, from a community service standpoint, mm-hmm. because that's, a, that's how he's very wired. Uh, And the younger one, like, uh, is also wired similarly, but he said, but you already signed the contract. Uh, You you already made a commitment. Whether you signed a contract or not, you made a commitment. And so let's follow through on that. 
so that I had already kind of was of that mindset by then, but mm-hmm. it was good to get them to reinforce it. They both come from a good place uh, with good thoughts and good logic uh, to their points of view. I love that. I, I love Which you would imagine from nationally ranked debaters. <laughs> I, I, I love to me, this is this is almost a human interest story. Right. You know, in, in in the the thought process you went through, carrying through with your word, your commitment, serving the customers. I mean, when I've when I watched you on the Hill interview, everything I've read, it's always about the customers and employees. Right. Yes, it, it it truly comes across as as sincere and genuine. And SolarWinds has what about three thousand thirty two hundred employees. Uh, yes, after the spinoff of the Enable, we are more like twenty five hundred employees now. Okay, so about the size of Force Point, but you're talking about employees, you're talking about families of employees. Yes. I, I can't imagine as an employee, your mind, when you when you read about this, because I imagine every employee didn't find out about it right away. You find out about yeah. it from the open press, not from your leadership team, right. which you know is changing too. Right. Like, am I going to lose my job? Is my company going out of business? What just happened? Right. How do I do my job? How do I take care of my customers? It's it's definitely a time for strong leadership, which which we eventually see over over the months up to now. Absolutely, and as you can imagine, uh, this is a very wired world, and so you go to imagine those times that was close to Christmas, close to the holiday season. You exactly. go to any party, yes. everybody has seen the Solovin story. So what happened? Right. So you're immediately on the back foot, as if you've done something wrong. Uh, when, when indeed it is not a mistake of somebody right. that you lead to, but then you have this, uh, as, as I like to use another phrase, victim shaming yes. that goes on yes. when these types of things uh, happen. And I think that sets us back as a community and as an industry because we are now hesitant to come out with breaches right. and attacks, as we all know. Has and, and openly disclosed exactly. so we can address exactly. them early. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's, 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 and, and this attack itself, I mean, I think Brad Smith at Microsoft was quoted as saying this was likely the work of a, th- of around a thousand engineers. Mm-hmm. And we know the, we know at least the attack timeframe, the earliest domain was registered, I think August, Rachel. I think it was like August. I mean, this was a nation state effort maybe multiple nation states working not in, not together, but, but separately um, that there's no company out there that could sustain this in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of personnel. I mean, you you just, you've got a problem you have to deal with, but, but there is a major effort against you. Uh, Absolutely. And, and as uh, we also noted, the attacks were initiated and carried out from servers within the US. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that took some of the oversight away from some of the authorities right. uh, as well. So it was very carefully and craftily planned and very patiently planned over yes. several months, who knows, maybe several years as well. Um, but we were the subject of it, unfortunately. Well, it was clearly an intelligence operation and, and putting Putting resources in the U.S., launching it from the U.S. takes the U.S. intelligence community out of the game. Exactly. From an, a visibility perspective, we learned that the whole world learned that with Snowden. Um, that's a real problem. So, so you talk to the family, you make this decision. You know this 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 decision in your heart. Okay, I'm going to do this. 
what are the first steps? I mean, you've got customers, you've got employees. Right. How do you think through that problem? This is, uh, I'm a believer in frameworks um, in terms of helping people with frameworks going through situations uh, like this. Um, being an engineer or uh, having been an engineer for several years, uh, there is a certain structure you apply to thinking and then you are constantly learning uh, about this as well. Uh, and trust me, before I accepted the job or when I was announced, I did have in my mind the top 10 priorities, so to speak, um, with regards to what I wanted to do when I joined the company. Um, yes. Obviously, on December 14th, all of that changed. Right. <laughs> and so we said, okay, what do we do in this particular situation? There are two options. We can take the PR angle, as I mm -hmm. mentioned earlier, and talk about how we've been a victim and spend all our time and resources trying to reset that or equally learn from this and figure out like what you need to do with your customers, employees, partners, yes. uh, and so on. Uh, so that's how we came up with this phrase of secure by design, which yes. by the way, yes. I have used secure by design two companies ago in the Citrix timeframe. Sure. Uh, sure. But that was more from the standpoint of how you continuously build software that is secure. Um, but in this particular context, it takes us, uh, takes a much more heightened um, sense of focus. So um, one was a framework. How do we kind of rally around a framework? What are the pillars of Secure by Design? That was number one. Number two, which um, I would say can be polarizing in terms of how the approach you take was transparency. Come out and say what happened. Come out and say what you did what you know and what you don't know. Right. Uh, because right. I look at it this way. We all talk about customers should trust us. We should trust customers. But right. I believe that transparency is the foundation of trust. Yes. Because when you know I'm being open and straight with you, you will tend to believe that um, uh, you'll tend to believe more of what I say. And more likely than not, you will be empathetic and sympathetic yes. to if I have any gaps and issues with what I um, do or say. So transparency was um, sensitive, but we determined that we would be more and more um, sense, uh, transparent about this. And, and you've gotten huge, I mean, they don't have awards for this, but yeah. everybody I've talked to, the transparency yes. of SolarWinds, the transparency of FireEye, Really, and, and there were some others that weren't as transparent, at least from right. you know my involvement in this and what I've seen. It, it, it really allowed the industry to understand what was going on and address it more quickly. Right. Uh, huge kudos to the team at SolarWinds for opening up like you did. Yes. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just, no. I think that no, was so important. 100%, yeah. And that'll continue to be the case. And then the third one I would say is humility, meaning uh, especially in the security world, you have to learn all the time. So when I use the word humility, it is about like constant learning and constant discovery. Mm -hmm. um, I have been asked even recently whether we can guarantee that there won't be any cyber threats or issues or uh, attacks. And the right answer is no, you don't. Right. You can always try and you must always try and take responsibility and improve. Uh, but there is no such thing as a uh, no-risk situation. Uh, then the next uh, part of the action plan was basically a sense of urgency, mm -hmm. which is you have to have step one, step two, step three kind of a 
uh, a sense of urgency. But I would say on a foundation of uh, being calm or a, with a sense of calmness. I mean, when, when situations like this happen, as I'm sure you have experienced, um, the initial reaction is do something, uh, show right. something, right. Uh, which I totally understand and respect. But if you don't do it thoughtfully and urgently, you might end up doing the wrong things or right. keep doing the wrong things over and over again. So it's important to be thoughtful. It's important to be urgent. And I think that's where, if you ask me, like, what is the value I added to the company? And because the company had a tremendous number of talented people, it was about, we will get through this. We will get through this together. Yes. Uh, we will work on it with a sense of urgency, but nobody's going to run around with their hair on fire. Right. It is one of those hair on fire situations, but you don't act like that. You don't um, um, run helter-skelter and you just kind of go step by step. I think that yielded a lot of results. And when people say progress day by day by day by day, um, that builds a positive momentum, be it with customers or partners or with employees. You know, so related I, I, to that, it was constant communication. Yes. How do you communicate? How do you keep everybody posted? Yes. Uh, how do you tell them what has happened, uh, where you're going next, and what you still don't know, which uh, so oftentimes you don't know a lot. Uh, so that's the process we took. That's the framework that we built. And I, I feel like your boys who wanted you to go and teach may look back on this as, as this is a lesson you yes. are teaching to the cybersecurity community, yes. to the global community on how to handle a crisis such as this. Right. I, I met with two of your personnel. We were in, at the uh, TechNet Augusta in Augusta, Georgia, a couple of months ago. And the SolarWinds booth was directly across from our ForcePoint booth. And I watched the way they engaged with customers. And, and it was a very, it, you know, it was a very, it looked very trusting the way, just the closeness. And I went over and spoke to them. And you talk about that transparency and humility. It absolutely came through in those two employees. I, I didn't capture their name or anything. But you could, you could sense the culture of the company. Right. And it was one of those companies you wanted to trust and do business with despite a major crisis. That's awesome to hear. And I, I really appreciate you saying that uh, because at the end of the day, it is incredibly important for me how we as, we call ourselves Solarians, by the way. Solarians, okay. I love this. Okay. <laughs> and um, one, uh, alongside addressing the, the crisis and figuring out our strategy for the future, uh, there's a set of common values that we've also established. And the way I described it is Solarians care. Uh, we call our value systems Solarians care. And by care, we describe care as C is for uh, being collaborative, A is being accountable, R is being ready, ready for customer needs, transitions, trends, uh, and E is being empathetic. Uh, and so that's how we have defined our value system. And I say we have defined our value system because it's only maybe three months since I announced it to the organization. Now it's a matter of living yes. that every single yes. day and learning from it and improving upon it. And so as you know, culture building, as I like to describe it, is done one person at a time. And so we have at least 2,500 2, right. people and right. our extended partner ecosystem 
uh, on and on and on. So we have work to do. Well, they were living it, I will tell you, probably mm-hmm. a month, month and a half into the initiative. The other thing I would say, yeah. they were very proud. Yeah. And it just, it just made you feel good talking to them. So I, I only spent a few minutes with them, but it was a great interaction. Rachel, though, I know you have a ton of questions. I don't <laughs> want to consume all of our time here. Well, you know, I, I, I do kind of this, I, you know, the leadership through crisis, it, again, I, I mean, you should write, I hope you write a book because, you know, there's just such a wealth of knowledge that, that so many can learn from. And I think, you know, one of the things that you had mentioned in one of your conversations is, you know, and we see this time and time again with security is that a lot of times budget doesn't get allocated to security until there's kind of this, this mitigating event. An incident. An incident, if you will. And, you know, I think you had said, you know, wow, everything's so great right now. And, but that's the point. We should be investing now so we can keep, keep being great. And, um, you know, I, I think there, the events in this last couple of years spurred, I think there's what, 18 cybersecurity bills now sitting in front of Congress. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on, on that? I mean, it's, it's everything to what you were talking about, right? Disclosure, I think, you know, funds on for smaller companies and, but I, I would love your perspective in, on that. I don't know if you've been involved in, in any of those bills or, you know, how they've been developed with public-private partnership, but um, huge implications here and huge opportunity. And I, I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts. Uh, definitely. We, we have had the opportunity to provide our input, and I'll, I'll summarize it uh, in, this, in this particular context. Uh, but to your earlier point about uh, even at, in enterprises not taking cybersecurity as seriously as we should, uh, it's a vendor obligation as well as a customer obligation in partnership. Um, we recently did our IT trends uh, survey, which we do annually. So the IT trends report that we do annually, one of the key findings there is that every company believes that security and security threats are a real issue. But every company or majority of the companies also report they lack trained personnel and they lack budget to support their security needs. So the incongruousness, I would say, uh, exists. And that is an opportunity for threat actors to do a lot of damage. And they are making it uh, their priority to do so. Now, coming to some of the the bills associated uh, with Congress and such, Uh, Some of the key reinforcements that we are trying to get to is help us with real two-way partnerships. So oftentimes, I'm sure I can speak for many vendors, we are providing information to the authorities, but we don't really get back anything or very little, should I say. So that is against this notion of community vigil and free sharing of information. I understand there are limitations but I think there's a lot more we can do there. That's number one. Uh, Number two, which is interesting, um, which I hope gets a lot of time and attention is, do not penalize companies that come forward with breaches uh, early. Uh, In other words, try to provide some level of indemnity because the thing of being sued, uh, being uh, in the spotlight is very debilitating and against the whole notion of value creation. We are all here to serve customers, create value for employees and create values for shareholders. But when everybody is suing everybody just because there's been a breach, uh, it's like fundamentally against that whole value creation 
mindset. The, the purpose of a corporation. Exactly. Exactly. Of society. Even. Yeah, of society. I mean, I would take it to society. It's against the purpose of society. Uh, yes. Uh, and I would go so far as to say if, if we have to serve the community mm. at large, which I would say um, one of our right. uh, principles as a, as a business now is to support the community at large. Yeah. Every time I'm spending resources, dollars, time, people worrying about who is going to sue who, I'm serving less and less my community. And this is this is a very important issue that I think the government has to address. Um, and I'm not taking away any accountability on part of enterprise because in all of these uh, mm. situations, there is something to be learned, something to be accountable to, and you've got to have checks and balances. That's absolutely the right thing to do. Uh, but don't penalize people for being transparent. Don't penalize people for stepping up don't penalize peeping for people for helping. Uh, and I think, unfortunately, our society has been reduced to uh, doing all of those. Uh, and so we need to do better on that dimension. So those are two broad areas that um, we have uh, provided. And then the third is the whole secure by design framework. Uh, we have taken the approach of doing something really innovative in that space. And we are freely publishing our work my hope is that more vendors and more customers uh, will leverage it. So I'll give you one quick customer, call it context. Uh, I'd say between January to even March, April, most of my customer discussions were what happened, what did you do, how did it happen, etc. Since about the April timeframe, most of my customer discussions are what did you learn? Um, how can we apply your learnings in our environment? Because the fact is many of my customers also write software. They also recognize they're not immune to these types of challenges. The more and more others have come out and said it. So to me, that is a wonderful opportunity to serve them on a broader scale than simply supporting their immediate needs of IP transformation or digital transformation. So, my hope is that we'll be able to contribute uh, in a meaningful way to that broader uh, need in the industry. I think you may find that to be your your number one contribution to society. Not you personally, but mm. Solar Winds. How you handled this—that trust, that transparency, right. the candor—you um, know—and and the way you interacted with the employees and the customers. I, I fully agree. I think that that is the one thing you know, as, as a society, we must do a better job at. Absolutely. And right. It, it almost reminds me, uh, no one wants to report their breaches. They did something happened. They're worried about lawsuits. Right. It almost reminds me of kids who do something minor and then they lie about it and build it into something bigger or, or some crisis or some, something happens that's so much bigger than, oh, I ate that lollipop before dinner. I'm sorry, mom, which is all it would have to be. And that's right. the accountability right. and that trust and openness. And the industry acts like that kid who says, I don't know where it is. Johnny's took it, you know, and, and, and it just snowballs into this big problem. And we see it over and over again, where I believe solar winds and fire eye were magnificent in your yes. openness early on 100%. when you didn't even know what was happening to a great extent. You had no idea what was going to happen. I, I just, I think that will be your biggest contribution. Absolutely. That's just my, my personal vote there. I, I hope that to be true as well, uh, because this is going to hopefully create a domino effect 
of transparency, communication, yes. collaboration, all of which will result in better value creation for everyone. Yes. Uh, as they say, the cliche is increase the size of the pie, uh, but then our actions are focused on decreasing the size of the pie. So we say one thing and do another right. thing, um, whether consciously or not. Uh, and I think this is an opportunity and a wake up call for all of us. Absolutely. I'm wondering, I'm trying to think through some of the victims since Sunburst, if, if anybody really learned from this and, and took your playbook or pieces of it. And I'm, I'm thinking about Colonial Pipeline and a few right. others, and I'm not sure I'm quite there. I'd have to do a little more thinking, I think. Maybe one day, I think we need a Harvard Business Review article, <laughs> if not a book, to Rachel's point. Absolutely. Uh, on, on, our part, on our part, Eric, on that front, um, we have reached out to some of the other victims to say, look, we are here. We, unfortunately, were ahead of you. That's not an area where I want to be ahead, but we were. And we are happy to share whatever we did with you. And we gave that option. We created that bridge. And I recognize that for a variety of reasons, they may or may not be in a position to take advantage of it. Yeah. yeah. And how are customers responding? I mean, you're a, you're a mission critical software component of major, major businesses. How are they responding to the transparency and the openness and, and, and you know, the planning, you know, the plan of what, what you're doing? Uh, admittedly, some customers were upset at the at the beginning, uh, and and I I would say they have absolute right to be upset. Um, some customers um, were looking for guidance on like, hey, what does this mean to me? Should I be worried? Uh, and on and on and on, which is completely understandable. Most customers, I would say, vast majority of the customers have been very understanding and appreciative, I would say, of us coming out and standing in front of them and saying, hey, look, we apologize for whatever has happened to you and us, uh, and can we work together and correct the situation? Uh, I'm really proud of how our teams handled uh, those interactions, as well as how customers have been understanding, accommodating, and responsive to what we have done. And that's still a work in progress, uh, Eric. As you know, coming from this industry, um, you can't take customer trust for granted. You, you have right. to earn it almost every single day, yes. right? And so I don't want to take it and um, celebrate. There's not cause for celebration. Yeah. There is more cause for learning and doing better is an attitude that we have taken in this process. At the same time, we are able to serve them on a larger scale. Hey, what did you do in Secure by Design? How can I apply right. it to me? Is allowing us to be even more critical to customers, not just from a solution standpoint, but from their transformation standpoint. So hopefully that will give us the, uh, call it the position or the ability to serve them better and more going forward. What would you have done differently having, you know, we're coming up on three quarters of a year, I suppose, looking back, is there, you know, is there anything you would have done differently had you had more time, had you not had a crisis evolving, not even around you, before you and, and around you, right? I mean, what would, what, anything there? We, we touched on it briefly, Eric, at the beginning, um, that, some companies benefit, and I'll put benefit in quotes, uh, 
um, by by drowning out uh, the news with more news right. or different news or deflection tactics. Uh, and in retrospect, if we had done some of that, maybe it would not have been associated as the Solovins breach mm-hmm. and something else or not at all, right? I- I'm not saying that would have been the right thing to do, but I can also see that we went through a lot more pain Then, as we pointed out, even breaches that were more significant than us, and was it all worth it, is a question that comes Mm -hmm. up from time to time. Uh, But quite honestly, if I were to do it all over again from a a standpoint of transparency and urgency and communication uh, and the humility that our teams display, I I would do exactly the same way. But we are constantly reflecting and constantly learning from that. What I love through all of this is your optimism. And, you know, we talk a lot about optimism on this show. And I have to say some folks are not so optimistic about the security path ahead. But, um, you know, I I love everything kind of, you know, through the company's actions and, you know, kind of your focus areas. And um, as you look at the security path ahead, I mean, what are, what are changes that need to happen? Um, you know, I mean, it, it, there's many. But, I mean, if, if you could have your top three, um, you know, to help us finally move this needle forward, what would they be? Rachel, I'm smiling as you use the word optimism in reference to me because I consider myself to be a stubborn optimist. <laughs> and um, many of my, well, many like of my colleagues, um, um, uh, this is a running joke amongst many of my colleagues who are ever and ever and ever. Uh, and, and I believe that it is extremely important uh, for us to be optimistic because there are a number of reasons for us to be optimistic. And so the simple way I would describe it is that as long as people are there, there will be problems. Right. But the good news is as long as people are there, there'll always be solutions. Yes. And so I tend to look on the other side of it and uh, we just uh, have to be relentless and persistent uh, about it. So now uh, coming to the, the security aspect of it, my, my strong belief is that um, more collaboration and sharing of information amongst the security industry yes. is very, very important. Uh, it, this is not about diluting our competitive uh, capabilities and forces, but it is about improving um, our competitive factors and forces by sharing what need not be rediscovered by every single yes. company. So we talk about platforms, we talk about reusable modules in software. The whole idea is by reusing that, you, you create time, space, yes. dollars to do more innovative things rather than have to repeat the same old things. So to me, that is a very, very important element of the, the security business and practice. Two is, I think, simplification. Yes. Uh, um, I, I, I definitely believe that uh, the security industry... Uh, connotation sometimes is I'm buying security tools as insurance. Mm -hmm. No, you should be buying security tools because they are truly adding value to your business. There's an element of insurance. I get that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what's the overall productivity? How do you reduce complexity? Uh, How do you reduce cost? Mm -hmm. Uh, How do you create value? The security industry also has to do a better job of positioning some of those value drivers to customers and not build on their fears of being breached. Right. Amen. Um, so yes. 
that's yeah. the that's the second thing I would uh, suggest. And the third thing, just to uh, round it out, is the discussion we had about the government and the regulators and so on of um, a two-way partnership, number one, uh, two-way information sharing, and um, encouraging victims to speak up rather than discouraging victims to to, uh, to speak up. So those would be the three I would mention. Rachel, we're coming out, we're coming down to the end of our time, I know, I know, I'm, I'm getting sad. Um, but, it, you know, I think kind of to the point, too, that you were kind of, you know, mentioning in, in security being part of business, um, you know, I, I really, I really love to read that, um, you know, you took it to the board level as well, right? Because I think when it, when it starts coming from the top down for companies, then that helps them start thinking in that way. You know, security could be a business enabler. Uh, and, I, and I love that one of the Absolutely. first things you did was, was set up that cyber committee um, for the board of directors. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a while, a while ago, I started using this phrase well before Sullivan's that security should be about access, not about control. Yes. So at the end of the day, our job as an enterprise is to make our employees more productive, not less productive. Control has a connotation of making you less productive because I'm making you jump through many, many, many hoops. So security has to be there, be always prevalent, but support access rather than restrict access without compromising the security posture. So the intersection is where innovation lies, yes. not in providing hundreds of more unusable policies. It's interesting. We just went through an exercise here in my business unit where we we debated and looked at the interrelationship between accessibility for information data and then security and control of that. And, and where is that balance and how do we think about that balance and, and make sure that we're on the right side of it, where we're providing all the information we can with the appropriate controls, not mm -hmm. overbearing not totally non-existent. It's it's interesting to hear you say this. I mean, we just went through this over the last two months, you know, a continuing dialogue. It's very important. Very and we important. don't get it right in the industry. Right. No, right. we don't. And and it's a it's again going back to the humility and the key pillars. Simplicity is one of the key tenets of the solutions that we strive to build at Solovents. At the same time, how do you make it simple but yet powerful? And uh, again, these are two words but there is a lot of work that needs to be done to make those two words count. Yes, uh, and yes. so that's the object of what we are uh, working on uh, going forward. I love that. I, I think there are a lot of, I think there are a lot of organizations and people across the world right now that, that are glad you made the decision that you did and, and, and solar winds continued in the fashion that it did to, uh, to serve its constituents, whether employees or, or customers, partners, across the globe. Yes. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. And I still want to make another plug for that book. I would love to see a book, a screenplay, anything, the whole thing. It would make my day. You want a musical? <laughs> I mean, what do you, we need an HBR article, maybe a great, I, I think it would be a great book though. Yes. hundred percent. I mean, somebody would, would learn from it too. And, you know, and, and, and so much of how you speak about things too, I could absolutely see you as an academic and, you know, and we look at the cyber talent coming up and we absolutely need more people like you, um, you know, out there showing them a path forward, but also inspiring people because, 
you know, we, we can change things. And, and I really appreciate you being that voice out there for the industry today. So with that, I, I want to thank you so much for your time on the podcast. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. And for all of our listeners, as always, you know, smash that subscribe button because you'll get a fresh episode every Tuesday in your inbox. Uh, and you definitely don't want to miss, miss this one. So until next time, be safe. Thanks for joining us on the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast, brought to you by Forcepoint. For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit www.forcepoint.com govpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. 